0: hey it's aldwin and i'm jason this is the ready play tennis podcast new balls please
1: we put our shit together so that we can entertain to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops,
0: <laughs> come back to
1: life, Dick Ember.
0: <laughs> you know I'm going with this, right? <laughs> I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but
1: Jason, J- Jason just called you on your bluff, and you you came back and you called
0: us an albatross. I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Aldwin.
0: It has been three whole weeks since we've actually done this. So let's see if we actually remember what we're doing. We say that every single time that there's a pause. (laughs) (laughs) It was not really intended. It's just we recorded for like almost two hours with Jonathan and decided Mm -hmm. to cut it into two episodes. And then two days before that, we hung out with Layla.
1: We did. You know, when you made the suggestion to cut the Jonathan episode to two, I hesitated at first. And then upon reflection, I was like, who's going to listen to a two hour interview. (laughs) (laughs) So it ended up working out. I mean, the two episodes that we got with Jonathan Scott, I thought were marvelous. I don't think that I've spoken with anyone uh, in terms of tennis that has had more quotables.
0: Yeah, he's very good at that. I don't know why he doesn't have his own show.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did remember we talked a little bit about him doing a little pod situation.
0: Yeah, but we should stop talking to him about that and just have him as an exclusive guest on our show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come back for the half year
0: review. Yeah, I think we should get him to come back. You know, maybe, maybe he's like the post Grand Slam guest or something like that. Right, I mean,
1: we did meander a little bit into 90s and 2000s tennis I mean, I think for the three of us, it's our favorite time But um, he's, like I said before on the episode, he's just a wealth of tennis information mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's, a, he's definitely a good guest and, you know, exceeded expectations for sure And uh, so did Layla And uh, she was so nice to give me a little birthday shout out Thank you for doing that, by the way
1: Okay, listen, I didn't really, all I did was ask, but guys, it was Jason's birthday this past
0: week. Happy Mm -hmm. birthday. Yeah, 43, just 20 titles away from, or 20 20 (laughs) spots away from Rafa's clay court title holding. (laughs) He's got 63, I'm 43.
1: Oh, gotcha. So basically for every year that you were born it's as if rafa won one clay court tournament yeah starting all the one and a half (laughs) one and a half
0: (laughs) how was it how was your b day um it was pretty uneventful wade uh, tore his calf the day before my birthday and um so we just ordered food and ordered in because as you know we're on our fourth or tenth lockdown
1: (laughs) fourth tenth fiftieth Lockdown, shut down. some things you can do. Basically, you just have to knock on a storefront and figure out whether they're open or not. You just don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Let's set the scene for people for just a second. <laughs> Weather starts to get it nice in April here in Toronto. We, we know there's probably going to be one or two more snowfalls like we had this week. But we know the courts are going to be open. Those nets are going to get rolled up we're gonna be able to play some tennis so early in April we were able to get out there Um, patios were starting to open but we we knew it was all too good to be true and Mm. so so did dofo um, aka Doug Ford our (laughs) premier and he locked that shit down about nine days ago when he He said no golf no tennis no basketball no playgrounds for kids. Mm. Locked it all I, down.
1: Locked it all down. Jason and I managed to get a hit in at Howard Park in the West End before the official shutdown happened, mm-hmm. which was great. Did, wasn't it good? I mean, like, I Jason and I went out. We played for about two hours. We played the 5-5 game, just hitting balls around, you know, feeling good, feeling fresh, feeling cute. And... Um, it really for me i don't know what it was like for you but even just being out there and hitting a ball for two hours it is such a mood booster
0: yeah it was so nice because we hadn't played i hadn't played since november (laughs) and god knows i was very sore after (laughs) same yeah i was in pain
1: seems and then you know the uh announcement happened and you know Jason promptly as he is prone to do shared that governmental information via our IG podcast saying sorry guys people in Toronto can't play tennis too bad so sad um, I am going to uh, put myself in a very vulnerable position right now <laughs> and, s- <laughs> and say that I have broken the rules so you know what? He's not going to mind. Okay. Anyway, whatever. Listen, my friend Ross and I, we had planned to play tennis uh, the day after. And again, because of the announcement, I messaged him. I was like, listen, it's not a good uh, decision for us to play. He messages me and tells me that he's at Trinity Bellwoods Park, which is a you know famous hangout here in downtown Toronto. And literally the public courts there are filled to the tits. Like... <laughs> the People are playing quadruples, quintuples. <laughs> any, any court surface on those eight public courts was being occupied by a human being. So he says, listen, you know, I know that tennis is off the docket, but would you be opposed to hitting? <laughs> would you be opposed to hitting? I was like, let's play, girl. And, you know, of course, the the people that would be in favor of playing, myself included, say the things of like, you know, tennis is the most socially distant sport you could practice, and why would Doug Ford make this decision? And of course, you can see his reasons for doing it. I'm just gonna put it out there. We ended up playing anyway, but I mean, since then it's been a no go.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're locking, they're locking the gates of some of these clubs. Like I saw Thorn Thorncliffe put. They're like, we're double locked. <laughs> Just yeah. in case you're, you know, if, if you want to climb the fence, but maybe they've even taken down the nets. So, and
1: really quickly, there's a new story out of Vaughn of a, I guess he's like a, have you, have you, have you heard this? No. Some famous club pro or some guy that's really kind of popular in the tennis community and Vaughn was arrested <laughs> for playing tennis. Oh, I At,
0: kind of saw a little story about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there were no nets. There was literally, it looked like a string, a piece of string that was (laughs) tied from one pole to the next. And it's just, it's getting very desperate. (laughs) Yeah. People are
0: desperate to do something. So for those of you who don't live in our province, our whole province is shut down. So if you want to go for a haircut, if you want to go dining, you want to play an outdoor sport... You can't even really do that., um, and you risk being fined seven hundred and fifty dollars for doing that. and you risk being fined for being with somebody who's not of the same household.
1: Yeah, I so mean, it's there's a hot mess. There are some nuances to that rule, but essentially you are right. I yeah. mean, all we can do is just really be patient and maybe play tennis on the DL, yeah
0: <laughs> on the <laughs> which which you. Which I have done. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Speaking of tennis, there's lots of pros who get to play tennis. Some of them who like it. Some of them who don't. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to lead with that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about all of them. But maybe let's talk about first the the one who doesn't.
1: Yeah, let's get the story out of the way. In the prep of this show, we've we've spoken about him before. I was kind of rolling my eyes in the back of my head like so hard because I'm kind of over him. Um, Jason is obviously talking about our, I was going to say friend to the pod. He's not even a friend to the pod or to anyone right now, to be honest. (laughs) No, he's, he's,
0: (laughs) he's he's on a paddleboard all on his own.
1: Mm -hmm. You did share a nice comment with him though.
0: Yeah. You know, I know he's, he's struggling at the moment with, playing tennis at a cemetery and um, <laughs> want to wanna give him, you know, big ups to, you know, each first round loss, each $12,000 or 12,000 pound takeaway that allows him to go paddleboard in the Maldives.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you all don't know who we're talking about, it's clearly Benoit Père, mm-hmm. French tennis player, um, caused a tizzy in Argentina when he spat and swore during his match. Um, you know, has done several press conferences. We talked about this on a previous show, where he, just like Jason said, is like, "What am I doing here? I'd rather cop out in the first round, earn a cool ten thousand euro, and just live my life with my chocolate lab."
0: Yeah, and he lost first round in Barcelona. He was down pretty early, I think, in the the first set, and he <clears throat> lashed out and kicked the the ATP sign on the net and. So he got ousted early there, and now he's uh, on a little vacation. But one of the things that has been a repercussion for his behavior is you no longer see him wearing any Lacoste. Mm. So uh, there's a Lacoste to your behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write that one down? That was a great- <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know. I'm not always as quick as Jonathan, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and uh, and then the French Tennis Federation said, you doth not play for your country, even if you are ranked higher than some of the other players. And I think he is still among the top French players, right?
1: Fourth ranked French man. And surprisingly, when I read this stat, I was shocked to my core. 35 or 36 in the world. Yeah. That But he has not won a damn thing. <laughs> he's, won, uh,
0: he's won one singles match in 2021.
1: That is cray-cray. So, yeah, your boy Benoit is not going to represent France at this year's Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Hmm. Sad. Very sad. She's messy. Mm-hmm. She's messy. Can I just share one thing? So, in the <laughs> research... No, really, in the, in the research to this episode i was youtubing um benoit's press conferences i have an obsession with press conferences i think because they're so bad they're so bad well one they're so bad but two they're just so revealing of who the players are and what their characters are and my sister who lives with me she was kind of not really paying attention but she was watching the press conference as well and without even knowing who this guy was you know what her comment was
0: (laughs) yeah just guess um who is this
1: asshole yeah spot like pretty much spot on she's like who is this arrogant prick (laughs) and I'm like and I was so curious obviously right and I was like what makes you say that he's an arrogant prick and she's like his body language just tells me that he doesn't want to be there It was his first round loss in Monte Carlo. He was kind of, you know, sitting in that chair, but kind of like pushed back as if like every the whole world was owed to him. And she's like, he is he's got some real arrogance going on. And I'm like, I guess, you know, you can't fake that. The guy really just doesn't want to be on the tour. Yeah. I mean,
0: he's made that clear. Doesn't care. Doesn't
1: care. Now I'm getting angry at him. (laughs) I am. I I told Jason before, I go through kind of waves of like having sympathy for him and then being angry with him. Now I'm angry with him. Like I'm over you.
0: I wonder if Patrick Moratoglu will invite him to UTS.
1: No. You don't think so? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Patrick Moratoglu, from what I have inferred about just how he has his social media he's about like pride and respect and like the honor of the sport he wouldn't ruin that with uh what was his um his name for for UTS last year
0: Benoit oh my yeah. god I forget
1: I for, the the radical the, the rebel the rebel the, the rebel
0: that he is and then some
1: now he's going to be the canceled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is the canceled, and yeah, it's too bad because he's he can be flashy and um, has some talent, but we want to talk more about people who care about tennis. Mm-hmm.
1: Benoit will find his
0: way. We'll just leave it at that. Well, yeah, let's. So, uh, should we stick with Monte Carlo? It was a bit sad because you know I always. Look forward to that event. It's a very idyllic setting. It's it is. beautiful on the water. You know, a lot of players live there because they don't want to pay much taxes. And um, <laughs> <laughs> sadly, you know, you look you look upon the setting. First of all, I think for the most, for a, a good chunk of the tournament, the weather was terrible. Yeah, it was. It looked cold and damp and like ugly. So good, good. The fact i guess that there were no fans there but it did feel a bit sad that there were no fans at that particular event and the court just looked oh it, it looked sad without any fans
1: yeah um i have the same feelings as you do about the setting i i think it's one of the most beautifully set tournaments um I wa- I obviously had to watch it because my boyfriend was playing there and mm-hmm. I mean for those of you that have been living under a rock for over the past few weeks you have to know that my boyfriend had his breakthrough and won the whole damn thing <laughs> Be- <laughs> beating uh, Ruby Red in the final um from the matchups that I watched I really didn't think that the tennis was all that exciting there were really no matches that went the maybe there were matches that went the distance i just didn't find the tennis that was uh, that exciting the only match that i um thought was really kind of interesting to see was the sinner joko match and of course we posted that on our ig but that also really fell flat Mm -hmm.
0: yeah there weren't any real standout matches you know i was interested in you know how um FAA was gonna do in his mm. first match with Tony as his yeah. coach and he just seemed to be um overheating his forehand, so he would just miss long and that was consistent in his match against Gareen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't think there was any real uh standout matches and the matches that you would have looked forward to, they didn't amount to being Uh, much of anything to watch sadly even the final
1: yeah i mean i when i um was giving stefanos a massage after his win (laughs) i was you know he was saying you know babe this is this win means so much to me i've won a master's um aren't you proud and i was like you know i'm really proud of you but to be honest with you your draw was kind of easy (laughs) (laughs) i was
0: wondering if you were going to say that because you know. Dan Evans had a a fair, tougher time and had bigger wins. You know, he beat the world number one. Mm -hmm. And he followed it up by beating Goffin. And then, you know, he was just worn out when he got to Tzitzi.
1: Yeah, I said, you know, I I love you and I want to make this relationship work. But relationships only work if you're being really honest. And, you know, you won that, but you really didn't beat the best players. So... Sorry about it, hon. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I mean, that's why you're winning 70% less prize money.
1: <laughs> but you know, okay, all joking aside, regardless of what draw CC has, I just take it back to one of Jonathan's really famous, really famous, quotable quotes from our show. You know, winning a tournament tournament is just about winning the match ahead of you, the ma- the matchup of the day. And whether you're facing a Joko or you're facing like a Davidovich Fakina in the quarterfinals, you still got to get past that guy. And like, look at Karatsev, who we're going to talk about in a second. You might have not thought about anything about him in January, but now all of a sudden he's this, you know, whoever he plays, it's a marquee match because he's just stepped his game up so, so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. His game is awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, Sitsi won his first master's title, which is awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about as he was, you know, moving through the draw and some of these other players were moving through the draw and we ended up with those interesting semis with, um, what's his name from Norway? Rude. Rude. And, rude. Uh, rude. That's and, rude. Uh, rude and Rublev and Evans and Sitsi. Hmm. Um, was, this was his first. I don't know what I'm, where I was going with that. (laughs) Where, (laughs) where? I lost my train of thought. The,
1: the semis, the semis, new blood
0: is the. uh, New blood. No, I don't know where I lost my train of thought. Sorry, people. I see, this is one of those moments where (laughs) three weeks. Yeah.
1: That's okay. I was going to just interject and say that Casper Rude really set a blaze on the GLTA Players Lounge. I mean, he, no offense, maybe a little bit of offense, but no offense for real. But Casper, I have a a difficult time differentiating between Casper Rude and Dominic Kupfer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They do look very similar. Yeah.
1: They give me the same energy. So Casper Rude, I know for a fact, set GLTA message board afire. Yeah. Um, because of this cute little meme where he like made a face on on, did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see the meme. Dang, he's cute. There's a lot of there definitely is a lot of cuties coming up this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but congrats to to Citi. What I was going to say was mm. Medvedev. Ah, <laughs> he he could not play Monte Carlo, and I think you know you and Sisi conspired against Medvedev to somehow help him contract COVID so that he could not compete
1: how dare you (laughs) how what an allegation to bring forth (laughs) I mean
0: you know now he's now he's had his clay court run and he's you know he just lost today but he's playing well and he he needed to get rid of his his rival who's had his number for a while in
1: Medvedev. Sweet but sweetheart, Medvedev is not as effective on clay.
0: That's true. I mean, he's terrible on clay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, my boyfriend, we had a discussion about this. My boyfriend did not need to, you know, plot against Medvedev. He was just whether he contracted covid or not, it was not going to be a good tournament for him. Maybe That's, just
0: like a little warm-up. Yeah. But he's been off now a couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens with Medvedev and if he can make any dent on the clay. But he has now dropped, I think, in the ranking to number three. Yikes! Yeah.
1: Yikes! Because he was number two. Yes, we talked about two, that. Yeah. That's right. Who's number yeah. Who's number two now? Nadal, see, my boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> who's number one? Oh, Djokovic. Okay, Djokovic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: So. Monte Carlo was was sad, but it was happy again once he got his post-win massage from you.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, no pressure for Barcelona because you've got your win. But we'll talk about Barca, Barca in a second.
0: Barca. What do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about the ladies?
1: Well, the only two things about Charleston number two, I think it was called like Women's Muscular Health Tournament. Really <laughs> i I think it I think that's what it was called. It was pretty much all of the girls that had hung around from Charleston. I call it Charleston One, right. Even though it's not called Charleston one, you know, they're like, let me just spend another five days at the Holiday Inn down the street. (laughs) Another, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's get the two week deal and let's play another tournament. (laughs) (laughs) The two week deal. The
0: extended stay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's have the extended stay. And again, one of the things that Jason said about Monte Carlo was that it's such a beautiful setting, but what did you think about the setting in Charleston?
0: I I liked the club. Um, I thought the club was cool, but anytime they sort of panned away and they were doing a court shot, it looked like it was beside the Gardner Expressway <laughs> here in Toronto <laughs> uh, because there was a big, like, overpass or, like, off-ramp <laughs> that people could see um, in, the, in the television coverage.
1: Kind of, like, the same vibe as Lexington last summer. A little bit, yeah. Like, yeah. club vibes. Right. Yeah,
0: like you're you're sort of around the corner near the underpass tennis club. <laughs> I have one of those in Windsor, my hometown. the The, the Windsor Tennis Club is near um, the underpass of the main expressway that goes through <laughs> the city.
1: <laughs> you know, a tennis player is not going to complain about their their venue, but yeah, needless to say, it's not the nicest setting. But what is nice. I tried to do one of your segues. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) I just did it. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so one of the, (laughs) even though, even though the venue, I'll give it to you again. Even though the venue wasn't nice, you know what, you know what was nice?
0: (laughs) The, the, the person, the woman who won? Astra
1: Sharma. won her first WTA tournament. She beat, um, Anja Who again has been playing so well for the past couple? Yeah, she's a tough. She's a tough gal. Um, But what I found, I mean, yeah, not to like belittle the tournament or anything, but whoever's in charge of trophies really needs to be fired. Right. That's
0: that's the trophy that looks like um like a a crockpot that you would (laughs) boil, (laughs) not a crockpot, but like a pot that you would um, simmer. You know some meat and some vegetables in a nice sauce
1: why it it looked like there was like a two dollar sale at bed bath and beyond (laughs) or what's give me another like home furnishing store like kohl's rona village value village and the the tournament director on the sunday morning was like f we don't have a trophy and was like you it asked one of the interns, you need to go get a trophy. So they literally drove down the expressway that you talked about, got off at, you know, at, at an exit and picked up this. It was horrible.
0: Contact the most mediocre clay pottery person and get them to make a trophy.
1: Is that is no, but honestly, is that too difficult? What is up with the trophies this year? I don't know. It's
0: the Musk Health Women's Open.
1: Musk And I assumed Musk was like muscular. Muscular health? Maybe. Okay. I'm I'm assuming that's a sponsor, muscular health. Yeah. Girl, come on. Let's step let's step it up with a trophy. First it's like a dead wombat. (laughs) Then it's remember? Yes. Then it was like a charcuterie board. (laughs) Now it's like a like a crock pot. Why is it all cooking related?
0: Uh, Well, it's all related to these ad hoc events. Right, they don't have like this seminal trophy that has been around for eons, like the Barcelona trophy, which is you know beautiful.
1: It is. You're right. You're right. I mean, there's history there. Okay, so I'm gonna give.
0: Come on, you can go into a catalog and get a seventy five dollar trophy that looks nicer than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I don't know what more to say. But congrats! congrats. (laughs) Congrats to Astra Sharma for her first WTA tournament. I watched this girl last year um, in a warm-up event to the Australian Open, and I thought she was very talented. She is very talented, so I'm glad to see her win.
0: And a small um, sidebar to the first Charleston event, they were were doing some uh, charity thing where they were having – the players post match hit a ball <laughs> at a tar- at a target against the clubhouse. I was like, what is going on here <laughs> um, but it was money I think that was going to charity, which is always nice as yeah like, works in the charitable sector.
1: yeah, absolutely. So
0: should we go to the ladies who were um, then moved to Germany?
1: I uh, mean for you mean for this week's results? Yeah can we talk about Istanbul?
0: Okay, sure. Istanbul was also this
1: week. Istanbul was also this week. Um, I watched a 0. 0.0 of it. So. <laughs> okay, the only reason why I was following Istanbul so intently is because Serana Kirstea, uh Romanian tennis player, you know, famous for us here, Torontonians, because she made an amazing run at the Rogers Cup in 2013, I believe. And lost to Serena. She got decimated by Serena too in love. But Kristea has been having difficulties with her game. And finally, she has won her second WTA Tour title. And she didn't just beat, you know, a nobody in the final. She beat Elise Mertens. Mm -hmm. You know, who, again, Jonathan Scott in our previous episode was saying that she really stepped her game up. So Kristea looked large and in charge. And large, not her body, but just like, you know, her bravado on the court because she kept on fist pumping and um, really happy for her. So I am so happy for her. Another really quick note about the trophy. Her trophy was a giant green tennis ball. (laughs) Go ahead. Google. I'm going to have to look that up. I mean, if you have three seconds, Google it right now. It is an embarrassment. (laughs) Like, why would you give her a giant green tennis ball and with like a, a metal, a metal kind of outline around it with the BNP pair? What are you doing, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Like you're already cutting prize money, at least you could spend a little bit more money on trophies, sweetie. Are you looking at it right now?
0: No, I'm gonna have to look. I will, I have to look at it. I didn't see it. Yeah. It's just
1: so embarrassing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I haven't found it, but um, I'll look. I'll look for it after. I believe you. It's the 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 trophy thing is a bit much. Is this the tournament that? Jeannie made the final in last year Or is it a different Istanbul tournament Because I know that one was like Later in the summer But obviously the schedule's sort of been Mixed up so I don't know if this is The original placement of that Tournament that got moved that Genie Ended up making the final of
1: Well okay let's ask her ourselves Jeannie girl we know that you listen we, we know that you listen So just tell us is this the same Tournament where you made the final <laughs> I think it is to TBH
0: Yeah I think so.
1: Yeah. So yay. Happy for Serana. I love her. And so I'm happy that she has her second title.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Good for her. And beating Elise Mertens, who is a tough opponent in any event. Mm -hmm. And was one of the top, you know, winners uh, of matches in 2020. So... Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, when I saw that final matchup, I'm like, oh, she's not going to (laughs) win. But she proved her medal and she won six one seven six
0: and I think that was the overwhelming consensus when you polled our listeners that it was gonna be Elise who's gonna win
1: I know I mean just uh, I don't want to share all of my secrets but sometimes I go on to other IG accounts and I vote for the actual player that I want <laughs> so I mean I think the 13% that voted Serana was like my three other IG accounts
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to watching any of the
1: Stuttgart tournament? Oh, Stuttgart girl, Stuttgart was what I was watching all week long. Yeah, it was I mean, it, juicy. It was juicy. I mean, very quickly, I thought Kavita was looking the best. She really did to me look the absolute best, and I was so excited to see her really um, ramp up perform on clay. Um, Kenan continues to cry. Like, endlessly. <laughs> she lost to Contavite in the first round after receiving a bye. Um, Hallep, your girl. I just I just automatically assume that Halop is your girl. To be honest with you, Hallop is performing to her seed. Maybe just a little bit short. Because she is getting deep into draws. She got to the quarters of Oz. She got to the semis here in Stuttgart. But she's not showing the champion's quality that took her to that Wimbledon title. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit sad to not see her in the final. The big story really here is Barty. Yeah, that, gr- that bitch won Miami, and now she wants Stuttgart. As if she listened to our podcast with me forgetting that she was the number one player <laughs> and being like, why is she the number one player? And she's like, I'm gonna prove that bitch Aldwin wrong and I'm gonna win two <laughs> titles back to back on different surfaces. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> well, she didn't win back to back because she lost in Charleston one.
1: Oh, okay, fair, fair, fair.
0: But yeah. Yeah, she is she's tough, man. She uh wasn't playing well in the first set in the final, but then she won nine straight games and she, you know, the tears went from Cannon to Sabalenka. <laughs> she started crying on the court with you know just the variety mm. and you know the the heavy forehand and the slice and the getting all the balls back and i was watching sabalenka and i'm like when when you're on the move girl you don't always have to just go for a winner like mm. try take a little bit off the ball and and you know learn how to place it nicely in the court to put your opponent off balance cuz she always seems to be working to end the point and that's mm-hmm. not gonna work
1: I well, yeah you're right I mean that was very thoughtful analysis she her send a message to her coach <laughs> <laughs> and be like try to work yeah I think the that's what Barty does she forces a lot of the players her opponents to go for too much because she's so good on like literally every part of the court particular when she's approaching to net so against a a woman like sabalenka whose natural tendencies to pull the trigger she's literally just gonna try to blast that past her Mm. yeah she only
0: has one note i think and if if she developed like a little bit more um Variety and a little bit more uh, patience on on certain points that she she would be able to compete a bit more with with someone like Barty. But uh, Mm. if if Barty gets into your head and she starts, you know, hitting with those spins and those those short those short balls uh, moving them off the court. It's going to be you're in danger, girl. And then she had a little <laughs> bit of a, a niggly thigh <laughs> issue, I think, which was hampering her in the, in the second and third set as well. So Sa- Sabby, you're saying? Sabby, yeah. She had, she had a medical timeout.
1: Yikes, yikes, yeah. yikes, yikes. Um, you posted something interesting. I thought that I had done my research correctly when I posted – who wants to win that Porsche more in the Barty's Vitalina um semifinal but apparently the winner didn't win a Porsche Porsche they won a Jaguar is that what you said
0: No I said she, she she well it's the Porsche whatever the the it's the Porsche tournament so she w- she wins a Porsche but she's sponsored by Jaguar
1: Oh okay but, I get it yeah. I get it I get it.
0: So what I mean I don't know that she could she's probably you know put that on the market because she can't drive that.
1: I mean she can't drive that publicly
0: right <laughs> Yeah because she's sponsored by Jaguar or excuse me Jaguar
1: is that is that how you pronounce it?
0: I think that's how it's pronounced in the commercials. Jaguar Yeah I just want to get it right so when they sponsor our show
1: uh, oh, okay. Is Jaguar. it like is it like that British woman who um, pronounces microwave microwave? <laughs> I have
0: to. I haven't seen that.
1: <laughs> you have to. You have to put the chicken cutlets in the microwave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you have to say about Svitolina? What do I have to say about her? So she is the one who took out Kavitova. Yes,
1: Yes. Um, okay, here's what I have to say about Svitalina because I had a lengthy conversation with our, one of our IG followers about this on DMs. M- Mario. 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 M- Listen, I like a good um, engagement moment. You know, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still Jenny from the block, okay? <laughs> you know, Svitalina is so happy with her engagement but in terms of her tennis I've never really been a it's not that I haven't been a fan I just there's nothing for me to be enamored over Mm -hmm. you know she doesn't have like a unique style Um, I think you've said before and I agree with you I'm not trying to throw you under the bus but you know she just seems to be hitting the ball always on her back foot and like doesn't seem to be balanced very well needless to say I mean she is top five in the world. So, <laughs> you know, she's doing something right. Um, I like Svitolina. I like her IG game. You know, I like her personality, but I mean, in terms of her tennis, I think she's just a backboard that has moments of aggression.
0: Do you think there's anything she could do to improve, to get herself in contention for a grand slam? Cause I, I don't think she's made a final. She's only made a semifinal. You know what?
1: I would say that she falls in that category of women players that need the draw to open up so that she doesn't face someone like Naomi or Kvitova at Wimbledon. You know, she's not like you wouldn't peg her to go and win a slam. Mm -hmm. She's got to have kind of the cards fall in the right places. Yeah yeah Yeah. I,
0: I, I, with, yeah, I think what I said about her previously is she's one of those players who any time I l- watch her about to hit a ground stroke I always feel like she's going to miss <laughs> because I don't feel like her technique is as solid as other players but I mean to your point she is top 5 in the world for a reason mm-hmm. but what's going to get her to the next level?
1: I don't know an extra engagement ring? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> to balance
0: to balance out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh I, you know, in terms of Stuttgart, it was another tournament with no fans, dark. Yeah, dark, it, like indoor dark,
1: indoor dark, playing like in like a warehouse, <laughs> like playing in a warehouse with no lights except for the lights that are you know shone onto the center court, trying to save on energy costs um <laughs> yeah it's just it's very i mean here's where i have a little bit of sympathy for pair i mean you come on to such a huge stadium court with your entourage i'm assuming just your entourage and it's difficult to get pumped up for a match when it sound when it feels like you're playing practice mm-hmm. you know yeah so. it,
0: it was uh it's a cool setting they obviously did a good job with the production the video production on the courts and stuff but yeah, it looks like a cool pl- court to play. And if there were fans there, it would be even cooler. But mm. um, maybe next year.
1: Maybe next year. Wah, wah,
0: Well, where there were fans was in Bar- Bartolona. Yes. Another beautiful court, beautiful setting. Looks like a beautiful, esteemed club that I would like to go check out at some point.
1: I. We want to do Bartha before Belgrade. Either up one. Up to
0: you, up to you, up let's, to you. Let's, let's end with with Barcelona.
1: <laughs> okay, so I mean, to your point, Belgrade also had fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were pretty much all Djokovic fans, which was kind of annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, there were more fans for the semifinal than the final. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but, okay, because there's so many points of entry here. Karatsev versus Joko, I think is a clear thing that we have to discuss. Mm -hmm. Did you, A, did you watch it? B, were you fully dilated after watching all that mask Dom power?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So admittedly, Serbia was not a tournament that was really on my radar. Like I knew Mm -hmm. it was happening, but more of the top players were in Barcelona so I wasn't really paying too much attention uh, to the draw or who was there. Like I knew Berrettini was there and I knew jo- Djokovic was there. I didn't know Karatsev was, was there. Mm. Um, when I tuned in was after I started seeing the, the IG stories and I learned from your story that Uh, you posted that Karatsev had beaten Djokovic. (laughs) Uh, So that's when I went back and, you know, somebody else on the GLTA message board said the match was amazing. So I decided to go back and and watch. And uh, it was very competitive. Djokovic started off a little slow and he looked like he was having trouble with the movement on the clay and just looked a little bit irritated. Mm -hmm. After the first set, um he complained I think about there being too much clay on the court which yes. I, I had never heard about before. He's like there's a lot more clay than there should be around the lines. Can you fix he said to the umpire, can you fix that <laughs> or something. But uh it was a really um great match, probably one of the matches of the year so far. Um, it was the longest match up until today. <laughs> um so uh, I love. I just love Karatsev's game. I love how he moves on the clay. He moves really well, and I think that's part and parcel to all the work that he did in the Challengers when the tour mm-hmm. started up last year, when he was 200 and whatever in the world, and now he's 27. Amazing. So, yeah, it's uh, kudos to him for the win and for staying in the match and, you know, competing with someone like Djokovic who got the crowd involved at certain points, um, but was able to stave off 23 break points.
1: Incredible. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to, first of all, echo everything that you said in terms of the, um, the merits of Aslan's tennis game, but I'm just going to get a bit superficial for a second. Um, Aslan is real snackish. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily see it in Australia TBH, but you know, again, taking it back to our, you know, fan discussions with our friends on IG, Aslan gives me like male dom dom top power <laughs> energy and it just makes me just tingle all over. <laughs> <laughs> um what was I going to say? He, he just makes me like, there's something wrong about him, but it's just so right. Like when you posted that video of him changing his shirt on IG, he just gives me uh, a feeling. He gives (laughs) me, he gives me an energy that I just, he gives me big dick energy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I found him attractive before and I know you were like, really? Yeah. You actually questioned my... I did my taste he's sort of got that eastern european vibe obviously being russian but he he kind of looks turkish in a way and i've been to turkey so guys Mm. there are very good looking and then you know when you see his legs on the court that's an obvious turn on
1: yeah geez he's yeah i'm i'm about that yeah Karats calves Karats calves but Karats calves fell short in the final
0: yeah that is a match that I didn't watch because that was happening at the same time as the other final.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, Berattini, the other cutie with a booty, defeated our boy Aslan six one three six seven six. I admittedly did not watch the match either. Um, one of our friends on IG said that it was the matchup between the thick legs versus stick legs. <laughs> and I was confused. I was confused for a second. I'm like, who would be the thick legs? And then, of course, it, that's Aslan. And, yeah, Berrettini is, like, buff on top, but, like...
0: Yeah, stick legs. He's, like, 6'6", six, six or something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. I mean, Aslan had a three-hour and 20... 20- whatever minute match, uh, against Novak, which probably took a lot out of him. And I don't know how long Mateo's match was, but, um, but to take it to three sets, uh, again, the next day and fall a little bit short, still a good run. So,
1: yeah, I mean, like Aslan's won Dubai, he made the quarters semis of the Australian Open. Mm Mm-hmm and now has made a final uh, he's he's here to stay i think yeah. he's really print, um, made a name for himself in the top 25.
0: somebody commented about his backhand
1: oh what, what, what backhand, did they say
0: i don't know they just said his backhand was amazing it was the same person in the chat i forget who it was who pointed out the shirtless moment um in the third set uh, which ah. i then then recorded and shared with our followers
1: yeah oh here's what i was gonna say before if you google image any picture of aslan um he looks like he's summoning demon energy (laughs) like he's just so intense and like Mm -hmm. ready to just like 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 rip anyone's head off like he's heading off into like a battle arena and i like it
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he he's he's pretty contained. I think, mm, um, mm-hmm. you know, during matches, during changeovers, he 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 does a a yell or a come on when he wins a a point here or there, but not too often. He's pretty contained. Yeah, but, but that just ha- means, to your point, that he's probably r- will rampage you in the bedroom. He's
1: <laughs> <laughs> packing it. He's sa- <laughs> he's saving. Yeah.
0: Well, congrats though on his first. You know, win against the number one player in the world. And, you know, he's bound to get it um, against Joko on clay versus a hard court. Mm -hmm. So, which, you know, he lost to him at at the Aussie Open. So,
1: yeah. And now we can finally talk about our ultimate. I mean, of the four, the quality of the finals and the players were really excellent. But Nadal versus CeCe is just like marquee to the nth degree.
0: Yeah, I, th- I actually thought Zizi was going to win the first set. Uh, he was up um, 3-1, and it, he had chances to go to 4-1, couldn't convert, so got to 3-2. He got to 4-2. He had chances again to get to 5-2, couldn't convert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- he lost the next four games, so he lost the first set 6-4 when he should have won it. Um, yeah. So that was a bit... Uh, surprising and Nadal had match points in that second set and he couldn't convert. So I was like, Oh my God, this match is going to go forever. And it did. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He, my boyfriend saves one match point, four or five in the second set with like a drop, a drop volley at the net. And then the third set, he looks like he's kind of back in control. And just when you think, just when you think, someone outside the um what are we calling them again the top 3 the, big, the three. big 3 when anyone outside of the big 3 has control of the match against someone in the big 3 you can never count any of the big 3 out and no. so of course you know what is bark what is nadal saying in his head you know counting the times that he's won the barcelona tournament like what 11 times 11 like he doesn't want to say down one three in the third set you know what let me just give this to him (laughs) no (laughs) like why 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 do you need 12
0: well (laughs) you as your boyfriend pointed out at the end of the match um he's the biggest fighter and competitor and doesn't want to lose
1: yeah, so, I mean, in that respect, you do have to give it to Rafa. I mean, mm. mad respect, 12 titles is, in, is insane. I mean, uh, you can add it to the list of just insane stats that Rafa has on clay in Spain, at Barcelona, whatever you want to call it. And, um, I mean, his 12th Barcelona title only ties his bubblegum pink booty shorts as a headliner in tennis news over the past
0: week. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling
1: you, his his bubblegum pink booty shorts set gay Twitter afire.
0: Yeah, people were in love with it. It was, it was a good kid. I think people wanted one sort of color switch on his socks or his shoes, but otherwise people, I think, were digging it.
1: I know. I, d- I will have to say to you, though, if you go to like any tennis website where there's a model <laughs> that's wearing those shorts... Girl, they, d- they do not look the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they probably don't have the booty that he has. I mean, yeah, that's correct.
1: I <laughs> I was messaging with, um, I think it was Nick, and I was saying, um, you know, he probably takes the original pair from Nike and brings it to a gay tailor in Madrid or Mallorca <laughs> where right. he lives. And he's like, hem these sh- to bati Riders and now I can play.
0: I mean you wouldn't think he would do that because then how is he able to move around the court and stretch to get the balls and have such great feel on the clay like he like you said you cannot count him out even when he you think he's about to lose a point Mm. there were several in that in that match where you thought he was going to lose and he just pulled it out of his you know, his, tight, tight shorts.
1: <laughs> like he does his wedgies. He did a lot of, like, um, he hit a lot of winners off smashes at the tournament. Did you see that? Like, what, mm-hmm. what is his problem, bro? <laughs> bro. <laughs> He's so good. Honestly, Rafa is so good. And all of you Rafa fans out there that are just thirsty and want to, like, continue his legacy are probably, like, crying and, like, you know, out of <laughs> tears of joy. Yeah, so this is
0: uh, 12 in Barcelona, only to be, you know, undercut by his 13 at the French Open.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, I think he has like 9 or 10 in Rome, and uh, probably a similar number in Madrid, which makes up the the chunk of his 63 clay court titles.
1: Yeah, I mean... uh... It's it's already exhausting to me trying to think about how many clay titles he's he's won. But needless to say, congratulations, Rafa. Still happy that my boyfriend ended up coming away with a nice chunk of change mm-hmm. to buy me a nice bag or something like that. A <laughs> bag, um, a Gucci bag, a little Gucci bag, and uh, we'll see what's next week for Oh Madrid. Ooh. So
0: Madrid is in a week, and then Rome oh. is directly after that and then i think there's a two-week gap between the end of rome and the french open there's a, f- a bunch of 250 events for the men so i think you know it's all being set up quite nicely for nadal to maybe capture 14 and jeez and france
1: it's not going to be him i'm already saying that it's not going to be him
0: who do you think is going to be dominic team <laughs> where is he he's posting about penguins his favorite animal
1: But, no, but for real, is he injured?
0: I don't know. I think he's, um, you know, he's struggled a little bit um, with some injury and some motivation, I think, as well. So we'll see what happens to her.
1: He's got to get in there. Mm -hmm. This is his season, babe. Yeah. Like, get in there. Like, you need the practice on clay. Mm -hmm. You made it to the final. Yeah, because you're not
0: going to be able to compete with the he Passes now who have he's become very good on clay by the way you could watch see it in that match with Rafa hitting sort of the loopy balls and mm-hmm. the slices and like this cool you think he's going to go come over his backhand but he turns it into a drop shot mm-hmm. cross court very 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 good that's there's a reason why he had won like 16 sets in a row up until today
1: i taught him that shot the drop we were, shot? Either, yeah, I taught him how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying.
0: He was very solid, very solid the last two weeks. So congratulations. Whatever you're doing, keep it up.
1: Yay. No, I mean you. Whatever you're All doing me. for him, <laughs> <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> I can't share that on the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know who's not going to be playing Madrid for the women?
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. But I'll let you share it.
1: Okay, breaking news. Bianca Andreescu, our Canadian champ, finalist in Miami, rolled her ankle, did something wonky with her ankle, lost to Ash Barty, Um, posted on IG a couple of weeks ago that she was in Madrid, she was having a good time, practicing on the clay, happy to be here. Posted a, you know, IG story with some sparklers and a cake. And thank you to this restaurant owner for taking care of them. Like just living her life. <laughs> a little bit ne- too much. <laughs> a little too much. Tested negative twice before her flight to Madrid, but then tested positive upon her arrival. So she is, says she's feeling great. She posted this via Twitter. And unfortunate but unfortunately she will have to sit out at Madrid she won't be participating
0: that sucks so, so she just posted that today
1: she posted it today yeah. so today
0: is april 25th <clears throat> mm-hmm. so that means if she quarantines and she recovers she could potentially play in rome
1: yeah i, I mean i guess so she would ha- listen she's going to have to play some kind of tune up tournament to get ready for the French uh, I mean her and clay is a bit spotty but I mean we still want to see her in the mix you know because that this coming this up and coming French Open is going to be very interesting I think Mm -hmm. if all the women show up like it's hard to choose a favorite I mean again to your point uh, with the Jonathan episode you just close your eyes and draw a name out of the hat and you got Ostapenko. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? You never know who's going to win.
0: I think Bianca, when she's not injured, she maybe just wants to create things for herself to share with her fans. So maybe this COVID thing was one of those things oh not, not that she did it on purpose i'm just being facetious but oh it's it's another thing to keep her off court which sucks
1: okay well listen bianca since you're gonna be in quarantine come on our show girl
0: yeah come on our show girl we've had two the two other canadian girls come on uh speaking of canadian girls we should give a shout out to our team canada who killed it in the Billie jean king cup
1: mm-hmm And you know what, I don't, I I didn't know about Layla that we didn't manage to draw out of her. She has so many amazing ball skills. She can juggle. She can, like, you know, manipulate that tennis ball as if it were a soccer ball. I mean, I guess that's something that comes with having good hand-eye coordination or whatnot or foot-eye coordination, whatever. But she's quite talented. Like, the WTA posted a cute little video of her juggling a couple of things
0: balls balls maybe it's her ecuadorian roots following soccer gotcha all of that stuff but yeah cool i think we we covered a lot today
1: i was nervous that it was gonna take us literally like five days to cover (laughs) all of the exciting tennis but i think we mentioned all of the important matchups um yeah exciting
0: it is exciting we're in the clay court swing the as you called it the what'd you call it before the ochre clay oh it's, yeah it's beautiful yes we're into that we're into that season now
1: and Madri- i love the madrid tournament
0: and i love the rome tournament i love that that's that outer court that looks like the coliseum it's so cool
1: with the the statues of date like the faux statues of david
0: yeah and we're all getting used to seeing fans in the stands wearing all their masks. That Barcelona, they were like, cutely one one person apart from everybody.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this clay court situation. It should be mm-hmm. good.
0: It should be good. So we'll, I don't, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but we'll see what we'll talk about next week when ha- next week gets here.
1: Oh, but hold on, wait. Madrid for the women is, not, Madrid is happening. women and men the same week.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh OK. Yeah. So it starts like the end of next week.
1: OK. All right. Well, yeah. maybe Benoit Pair will get into some other kind of circumstance and we can talk about him. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully
0: he's safe on that paddleboard. I know. in the Maldives. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, someone's got to be there because we can't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll just play. Um, I was going to say I'm just going to play tennis against a wall. Against no. the
0: wall or like in the middle of the street. I'm going to play in the middle of University Avenue. There you go. I'm going to put a net in between the, <laughs> the boulevard.
1: <laughs> Call All me. Right. I'll play with you.
0: Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> we, won't, <laughs> we won't get hit by any of the ambulances <laughs> or anything. All right. Peace out, y'all. Bye. See you next week. We're here for your tennis-tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like share and subscribe and like such as
1: wait one more thing don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and tiktok at ready play tennis podcast